0: Ladies and gentlemen, to this very special 84th episode of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilberry. I'll be calling this episode, Onward Christian Soldiers. Now, before we get started, I want to ask that you share this episode with everyone you know by word of mouth and social media, because I believe folks will not want to miss this episode. Remind them they can find us on all major podcast hosting sites by simply searching Perception Is Reality with Christopher H. Bilberry or by visiting us at the home link of perception.fireside.fm. We can also be found on social media at facebook.com forward slash bilbrey318. That's B-I-L-B-R-E-Y 318. In just a few moments, we're going to be welcoming to the show by phone... Mr. Brad Dougherty. Brad is a Facebook friend of mine. He is a citizen of Delaware County. He and his family live in Albany. Brad is a business owner. He is a husband, a father, and someone that a lot of us have come to know through social media. We've come to know him, his wife, his children... And specifically one of his children Christian see unfortunately Christian developed and battled cancer throughout his young life and like many of you I followed Christians fight through social media where Brad documented that fight in posts that he would title onward Christian soldiers unfortunately however Christian lost his battle with cancer on July 26, 2019. But that's not the end of the story. It's just the beginning. And that is the basis for this 84th episode. And it's fair to warn you that this is going to be a tough episode. Because, of course, we're going to be talking about the death of a child. But we're also going to be talking about life, about family, about love, and about faith. A faith in the God Almighty, and a faith that lets us know that God is good all the time. Even in our darkest hour. But before I bring Brad on, I do want to offer a prayer for all of you, for Brad, and for myself. Oh Lord my God, thank you that you are our rock and our fortress. We can always find refuge in you. You have said that whoever follows you will never walk in darkness alone, but will have the light of life. As we feel the darkness of grief and sorrow, please shine your light on our lives and remind us that our hope is found in you. May your love surround us, your spirit guide us, and your voice cheer us, your peace calm us. May your shield protect us, your wisdom Arm us wherever you will lead us. Your will be done through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: Perception is reality. On the record.
0: Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined on the phone with Mr. Brad Doherty. I want to thank you for joining us.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Seriously.
0: It is absolutely my pleasure. And so as we were talking before we started to record, I started to tell you that most people that are going to hear this, at least from Indiana, and honestly beyond, are familiar with you and your family and your journey and familiar with the story with Christian because of your decision to document his journey and your family's journey through this process on Facebook. And so before we get into the story, that's where I want to start. Your decision to document this journey. Did you do that to kind of hold it as a keepsake or just to let friends and family and loved ones know what was going on. Because I want to tell you right here at the beginning that you have been able to touch and affect so many people's lives. And Christian has and is and will continue to affect positively so many people's lives through your decision to document this and so what was the process that went into that
2: so like most people when they go through a hospital stay or or something happens tragic and things like that they they want to inform you start getting phone calls from family and friends and it's like okay i i can't answer i can't keep saying this 50 times <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. yep. and so basically what I did was it was the first the first night I the first the first post was actually just a call to prayer right um, I was scared uh, didn't know what was going on I was confused it was it was an experience and um, I, it was the first one of course that call to prayer hey we're in the hospital this is what's going on this is what we know and I started doing updates because it seemed like every single hour mattered i mean it honestly was every minute and and so i was you know it was like i I just had to update family and friends and things like that and just let them know this is what's going on now this is what's going on now and that's just that's how it started and and the reason i keep doing it and and we'll get into this throughout this interview but the reason i keep doing it even after it's because it's made me a better father and a better person Uh, it's brought me closer to god and it's just a You know, so, so it started as just an update family and it led into something bigger than I could have ever imagined.
0: Absolutely. And in getting ready for this interview, I was talking to a couple different people, and that is a perfect way to describe it. This became so much bigger than, I think, what you originally intended. And it's touched so many people's lives that you you won't ever know the amount of people that this has touched. And one of the things that I had said I think, to one of my producers, was that while, yes, you guys experienced a situation that was an ending, this is also a beginning, and it became a starting point for something that is now so much bigger than anyone could have ever have originally thought. So why don't we start at the beginning and find out about you and your family? You're married, and you have children. How many children do you have?
2: So I have four children. And they are how old? You, you have Madison. She is a 17-year-old, so I'm scared to death mm-hmm. of her. <laughs> <laughs> <She's>, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, I, you, you understand that, I assume, there he yes. yes. <laughs> so. Um, and then we have a boy. Uh, his name is uh, Elijah. He is eleven. And I have twins. Oh my! Which is Christian and Grace. So okay. Christian, uh, I I always never know how to answer this question, but I always answer it as I have four children. Yes, so, sir. Um, yes. So you do. Uh, yes, so Grace and Christian would have uh, Grace is ten. I'm sorry, Grace is nine. <laughs> okay. Nine and uh, and and Christian would have been nine. As well.
0: Okay, and so you guys live in Albany, Indiana, which is a little community in northeastern Delaware County, and life was chugging along just uh, swimmingly. Everything was going normal. You and your wife were doing the work thing and the family thing, and everything was just normal like so many other people but then there became a problem and so why don't you talk to us a little bit about that
2: yeah so and i i'm i'm sure i'm gonna butcher these dates so that's that's another sure. reason it's great to have the recording uh, or have it uh, have it recorded on facebook yeah. <laughs> but um i believe it was uh, two years ago october 23rd it, basically that night uh, everything in our family completely changed yeah and what had happened, and a lot of people don't know actually how it all began uh, because they started following maybe a week or two later. Sure. But how it all began was uh, Christian, you know, a week before that date, Christian was having headaches. He was actually, for a few months, he's just having headaches, but they weren't bad. They were, they were those headaches that you'd get, and then he'd go, okay, I'm good, I'm playing, yep. you know, he feel will go play. Um, and he was six years old. At that time. And we took him to the doctor first. doctor recommended going to the neurologist. So we sent him to the neurologist and he passed all the neuro exams. He was fine. And they, she marked it down as maybe he's having migraines. So we got him some migraine medicine and, and the headaches just still were there. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. And that night, I remember I was talking to my wife. We're talking, I, I believe we're talking a little bit about Christmas and just, you know, the general stuff, watching watching a Netflix show or whatever and, you know, binge watching something. And I heard this scream in the other room. And as a parent, you kind of yeah. pick up on these screams for kids. You know, you know what that, those screams typically yeah. are. Uh, you know, they, you know, the ones when they're yelling at their, their siblings or they're fighting or they're just not wanting to sleep, whatever it is. Right. But this one was completely different. And it was something I'd never heard before. And I ran out there and there was Christian writhing in pain with his head and I and I, you know, we'd just been the neurologist and everything was okay. And so I'm trying to rock him and hold him and trying to figure out what's going on and and you know, thinking maybe I can you know help him and with his head and however I can just comfort him as best I can. And he just goes limp, and there is no feeling. I I can't think of anything scarier right. than your child just going limp in your hands. And I remember holding it, and, and of course Amanda called nine one one. She's a nurse. She's, yeah. And Amanda's my wife. Um, she's she's a nurse, and so I was checking. She was calling nine one one. I'm checking his breathing to make sure he's breathing, and. And he's breathing still, heart's beating, but he's just out. And, and, you know, he just was writhing in pain. We've learned later, of course, uh, what had happened. His brain was bleeding at okay. that time. That's all we knew. I got to Riley about the time they had him wheeling in, getting ready to go to surgery. I shook the doctor's hand, tears, you know, you can imagine. And I oh, remember yeah. there's, this, there's this one person that really stood out during that first night, of course, besides my family and it, her name was Jen Benson and she was the social worker at the time um and and what she did was she sat with us the entire time this is what makes Riley so amazing she sat with us the entire time gave us uh she gave me a a little teddy bear um to hold and to give back to him when he gets out and it was just you know there's something comforting and they they really know how to comfort people and for one of the scariest nights i've ever had in my life it was just it was it was beautiful. And then there's some there's some amazing doctors and nurses at Riley. Absolutely Riley is the children's not the children's hospital that is in Indiana.
1: Yeah,
0: we, we were we were down in Riley uh for uh my my daughter, uh, she had lymphadenitis, and of course we didn't know at the time what was going on and we went from we went from Winchester to uh Jay County Hospital. Jay County Hospital sent us to Ball. We got to Ball. They told us they were going to lifeline her to Riley and I'm like, Whoa, I think we're we have skipped a step here. <laughs> and uh they ended up taking her by ambulance, but I'll say this it was said that Riley is the best place you don't ever want to be. Exactly. Uh, if, if you you don't want to be there, but if you need to be there, that's where you want to be. Yes, and so, exactly. Okay, so you guys are in Riley, so uh, um, yep. then what, what happens, I mean... From that point, how long is it until you guys know there's a problem?
2: So, so we knew immediately there was an issue because, well, when we were at ball, I sure i left that part out. They were talking about lifelighting us as well, but the okay. winds were really bad and they couldn't. Um, in fact, one of the ball nurses went with because I, she knew Amanda and everything, and I, I think that you know, I mean, it was just one of those instinctive moments to help. Yeah. And actually, I think she might have even gotten in trouble for it, but not not terrible trouble. But it was sure. like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but but it was. But they wrote we we rode an ambulance to Riley uh, from there. But okay. yeah, we we so we knew there was a big issue. Um, you know, when they you you know when they start talking about lifelining, yeah, you don't even have a clue like what's happening. And, right. And unfortunately, my um, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately. And this actually happened throughout our stay at Riley. Um, Amanda, as a, being a nurse, knows a lot of the nurse conversations and, and how they talk. Yep. <laughs> I'm completely oblivious, you know. So my wife is scared out of her mind. I'm sure knowing and hearing what's going on, and yes. I'm just like, okay, they can fix this, you know? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yep. So, but what we did know was, uh, as surgery was progressing, and I think the surgery lasted six to eight hours. it might have been 10., I, wow. it was so it was awful. I, but you know, they, they had to do brain surgery at that moment, and they basically put a tube in to drain the blood and, and keep the brain press, the, the right pressure.
0: like a shunt. Yes,
2: Yes, okay. was a very like a, it was like a shunt, but it wasn't a shunt. it was like a, it, it's a tube that they just leave in.
1: OK,
0: and
2: then you can watch it. As it does its thing.
1: Oh wow! And okay.
2: Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. Um, they also left his skull cap off, and I don't want to get too gross because I mean some of this is, you know, it, sure, it's you're, medical. You're fine. And um, but they did they they took his skull cap off, so there's a piece of his skull missing, and you could actually see where the you could actually see the brain. Yeah. Pushing on the skin it was it was awful and when you ever see your child a six-year-old in that position uh, your mind goes into some crazy places right but that's when we pretty much knew i mean there we knew at that point he didn't wake up the next uh, we we spent 66 days in the hospital that first that first
1: wow okay
2: um and you know i uh, thinking back on those 66 days they were the the worst days of my life and some of the best days of my life. And I know that sounds horrible to say and hard to say, but man, I grew up so fast. Um, You'd think an adult wouldn't have to grow up, but I can tell you that I grew up.
0: Absolutely. um, Uh, I definitely understand what you're saying there. Let me ask you this. I know a lot of what plays into this story is your family's Christian faith. So were you and your wife – christians when you met did you get married and become religious how how did that come about and talk to us a little bit about how that plays into your relationship
2: my wife's gonna kill me for saying this story but (laughs) (laughs) let's do it anyway Uh, so uh when i was a teenager uh i was 15 we actually my my wife and i met when we were younger at a, a school dance okay and um I was I was learning about faith during that time and learning about Christ and Jesus and things like that. And and what happened was I went to a uh oh I, I don't know how to explain it if you if you've never been, but what it is is they have these conventions for teens. Yep. And they get you really pumped about, you know, Jesus and God and all these cool things and, and I came home and, and completely a changed boy, you know. Yeah. So like I had a girlfriend fire or
0: something like, yes, that.
2: It, yeah. it was exactly. That's what, exactly what it was. Okay. And I come back as a boy and a completely changed boy. Now she will deny that she broke up with me for this reason, but I can say that I bet and she probably did. In <laughs> <little bit. laughs> yeah. You're in trouble. <laughs> but, you
3: know, yeah. Yeah. I
2: know. I know. <laughs> but I will say this. I, I actually was wearing like a wooden cross to school, getting made fun of and, and you know, just getting tore up and I didn't care. You know yeah, I mean? I right? was on fire, you yep. know? Yeah. Um, broke all my CDs, like all my awful CDs, my Snoop Dogg and my, you know, <laughs> Dr. Dre and <laughs> okay, good. good. <laughs> and and so, you know, that's how we met. Um, yeah. And that, that's we we were in a relationship for a while. We did end up breaking up. Um, I don't know if that's I, I I'm not going to speak for her, but I'm going to say there might have been something in back of her mind going, I do not want to deal with this.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> now later on, fast forward, I think she's always had. Somewhat of a faith, and I think when we had our children, it was a. Th- those are moments that you're like, you know what? There's something more. This is a beautiful, an amazing thing. You know, a lot of people don't realize how magical and beautiful, um, you know, a birth of a child is. Absolutely. And when you see that birth of a child, it's it's um, it just it, that changes you. So, so that's what started us. We started down that journey of faith, and, and so we, we did come into the hospital, both of us Christians. Okay. So.
0: Well, that's helpful for the situation. I mean, nobody wants to be in the situation that you were in, but having that Christian faith— uh, is able to give you comfort at least you know during those times. So you're in Riley, you've been through one emergency surgery and you're dealing with a brain bleed. At what point does the word cancer come up?
2: Yeah. So so that part we didn't know until the second surgery. Okay so what had happened there was a second surgery so the, the first surgery that it was an emergent just get the, br- the blood off and figure out what's going on so they did that part and then we get him back in the room and he's completely unconscious we talk to him but he, we don't know if he even hears us you know he's just out of it yeah and um we don't even know at this point if he's even going to walk again talk again anything uh we have no idea um and so we go to the second surgery of course there's you know throughout this time they're telling us all these different things they do an mri they see a tumor right yeah so we do know there's a tumor there and it was the size of a softball um so in a six-year-old's head you can imagine half of his brain was just being pushed up against his skull oh my so we um at that point we go into um you know into that second surgery and uh, we're very comfortable with our surgeon we have a new surgeon. Um, <laughs> he ends up being a amazing part of the story. His name is Dr. Raskin, uh, Jeffrey Raskin.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And he, he is, wow. He was just, Dr. J was the first of the emergency surgery and Dr. Raskin was the second. Dr. Raskin ended up being our neurosurgeon for the next surgeries. But during that second surgery, uh, they said they were going to get the tumor out or try to. And we don't, you know, they give us, you know, try to give us hope and peace and just kind of keep us calm. And, and, and actually we, you know, it's crazy to think, but we did, we had a peace about us. Like you couldn't believe, um, we, we were comforted and comfortable, uh, during that second surgery. We even were, you know, as we're walking around the hospital, just trying to make jokes and just kind of. You know, just just being there and knowing everything's gonna be okay. And we were sitting in the uh, the waiting area of the surgery. There's nobody else in the room, and he comes out, and you can see it in his face, in that moment of he just went to war. You know, yeah. It, basically, he did. You don't know what just happened in that room, but he went to war. And he comes out. He kind of sits at the seat, and him and and uh, one of the one of the residents and uh, somebody else I forget who it was comes out and they're talking to us and they say look we um we we know that it's a there's it a tumor we know that it was cancer that it is cancerous and um and there's really no cure and we also don't know he has three days for us because his brain would not stop swelling after we cut the tumor and they said he has three days And we don't know in those three days, we'll know more, but he, he may not make it. And I dropped to my knees and this is going to get me tearing up, but I dropped to my knees and I'm, I'm bawling. At that point, my wife's bawling and, and, and I'll be honest with you. It was, it was a, it was a moment that it was where I started getting mad. Right. Uh, It it didn't last long, but I did. I I got mad because, you know, like, I'm doing, in my mind, I'm going, I'm doing everything right. I'm a youth, I'm a youth leader. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all these things for the church. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all these things for kids. And like, why, why would you do this to me? You know, that, those things, those thoughts come to your mind. And I had to shut them down. Right. And so I look over to my wife and I just look at her and I say, we're not going to get mad at God through this. And I said it three times and I didn't really do it. I don't know that I did it for her, but I was doing it for myself. Yeah. And you know, ever since that moment, I've never been mad at God again about this. Now I know it's completely fine to be mad at God, and I know all that. But for me, what I was doing, and and I'm going to get into the faithful faith speech there, but what I was doing was, I was attributing my works to my belief, yeah, and and that was not okay. Yep. And and so when I when I realized that, and 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 I really understood that, you know what? It doesn't matter what I do. That isn't going to get me closer to God. Yes. That's not going to get me to heaven. So, of course, our tears, we get through there. And I remember a nurse comes down. And it was a nurse we've grown close to because this time you know, that we've been there, we've been there for a week. And and I'm a very outgoing person. And we've already been there for a week. And I remember the nurse, she grew grew so close to our family. And still to this very day is very close to our family. And her name is Carissa. And she comes down and she just she just got off work, heard the news. That Christian, this was not good. And she was an ICU nurse nurse and she comes down and she just cries with us. And, you know, she actually sent me a a song that evening. Uh, Don't you uh, it's don't you or don't you forget it a miracle or something to that effect, I forget what it's called, but right. it's a Christian song,
3: yeah,
2: but you know it was it was amazing um it was an amazing moment, a scary moment and, and we have always taken the tragedy and turned it as much beautiful as beautiful as we could, sure, yeah, and this was one of those moments that was horrible, but beautiful in the same moment,
0: and that for me personally is why this story resonates so deeply in my life, and I'm sure others, that no matter how much hurt and sadness and pain and sorrow and grief that you and your family have experienced through this, you and your wife and your kids and Christian have always been able to show the joy in life and the live every moment to the fullest type of mindset and you guys have really been an inspiration and the one phrase that you use in a lot of your posts that I have absolutely fallen in love with and I use in my day-to-day life is the phrase, God is good all the time. And it's just amazing how much work for God that you and Christian, and your wife, and other children have have done what you guys have done for folks in this community, and for people that you will never even know. It's, it's truly awe-inspiring. Okay, so moving on, you say that you guys are in Riley, and there are a couple days, two or three days there, where it's really touch and go, and it's really bad, and you know, It's just amazing to hear that and then to see because at, at some point he miraculously makes a recovery and you guys are able to go on with life and trying to live every moment of it and really get every inch of what you can out of it, which is great. And I'll tell you, that little boy was a trooper because he's smiling in every picture and... No matter what he faced and you guys faced as a family, you really, really made it work and that's what's so amazing about this and that's what touches so many people. But talk to us, if you will, about those three days and then what happens next.
2: So he makes it those three days, and at that point, there's this sigh of relief. In fact, it was uh, uh, we had it was during uh, one of our spring forward or spring back or whatever daylight like, savings time it was. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, does that hour count?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> and
2: the doctor's like, yes, that hour count because we we literally sat in that room and I watched his heart monitor. Yeah. I you you watch. I just watched it and yes. I'd listen, and it would. Uh, you know, I think I even recorded it, but it was, you know, any, t- any sound that was different, I could pick up on it yep. after those three days. And it was crazy, um, how in tune I was to him, you know, during that time. Um, you know, the hard part though, is we've been at the hospital now for three or for a couple of weeks and our kids were at home.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> but uh, let me get back to your question though, or what you said about the, about Christian, So what his next steps were was he had to go through some physical therapy, make sure he could brush his own teeth, things like that. He still was not capable of doing anything at this point. And we didn't know if he was even going to be able to speak again. We just, at this point, we didn't care. And it was just give us something, you know, give us a kid. It it didn't matter if we had to take care of him for the rest of our life. It was just, give us, you know, give us something. And, I could go on and on about this, but the reality of it is, what happened was there was one day, I'm going to just go into this. There was one sure. day, one day he finally was able to, to get up. They were helping him get up and things like that. He had his buddy, Dylan, come over. And, and this was after, actually, let me back that up. Uh, first, the first experience was when he was in physical therapy and we could get him to walk, and we were trying to get him to walk. And, um, he would fight, um, and I don't mean fight like a good fight. He would fight the physical therapist. Yeah. He was not, you know, and a lot of this was brain stuff going on. His brain was doing weird things. And he, he would even say that he wanted to die. And, um, hearing your six year old son saying he wants to die is just, oh, (laughs) it's sickening, but he was a scout and there was this one day that. I was, I was in the room and the physical therapist was in the room and we get him to start walking and, and I do the dad pep talk thing. You know what I mean? That, that, you know, that get down to your knees and it's like, come on, you can do this, man. And I remember before we went to the hospital, he had just memorized, literally just memorized the Boy Scout oath and Boy Scout law. He even jumped off a diving board like two days before he was, for the first time ever, before he was sent to the hospital and he comes out of the water and he's like dad dad a scout's always brave right so yeah (laughs) this was a few days before he went to the hospital and so i'm trying to give him this pep talk and scouts was really important to him and and so i looked at him like dude come on man you know a scout's always brave you can do this or actually what i said was a scout is Oh. He hadn't said anything until that moment. Or if he said anything at all, it was, get out. Yeah, right. screaming, yelling out. That was yeah. all he would ever say. And he rattled off the scout oath and the scout law perfectly. Wow. I had never, I, like, I just, I bawled at that point. I right. looked over at the physical therapist and I'm like, I'm done. I can't, I can't, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I'm, I'm done. I got I, I to And that was just so amazing to hear him to hear him speak. And it was a squeaky voice. He was just, he was just learning how to speak again, but those words, and I even recorded it. Uh, I forget what day it was, but it was, I was even recorded on there where he rattles it off. And, um, that was, he, he, from that point on, he was speaking for the most part. It was the craziest thing, but yes, as far as him being a tough kid, Oh my goodness. He ended up going through six brain surgeries. Yeah. Um, he walked, he talked, um, we got out of the hospital those 66 days and I mean, it was, uh, uh, it was beautiful and he, he was running, you know, I mean, you, you just pictures of him running yeah. and, and it's, he had no problems. In fact, he was making straight A's in school, yeah. uh, probably better grades than I think than any of the other kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was just, it was an amazing thing. And, and honestly, it felt like a miracle. Yeah. Um, It really, truly did.
0: And so all this time, this is going on with Christian, and you guys are going through this horrible situation, but at the same time, you still have other children to worry and to care about, and so... What's going on with them? How are they processing this information? How are you processing, telling them this information? And what's going on with how they're interacting with all of this? And then once you guys leave the hospital, are you having to do treatment or what's going on with Christian there?
2: So, yeah, so before we actually left the hospital, there's, there was so much that happened in those 66 days. There was so many people that I talked to and things like that. Um, I actually spent most of my nights, and I'm, I'm going to elaborate on this a little bit, before I get into that. Sure. Um, But there were so many nights that I spent in the hospital where I would actually spend focused on other people because he was not conscious for a while. And so my wife was by his side the entire time. And while she was by his side, I had to be doing something as a dad. I just felt like I was not doing anything and I couldn't do anything. And so I would go out in the hallway and just sit and talk to God. And These are where the moments where I got close to God. Yeah. Um, I even actually, there was a sculpture. It was a, (laughs) was the guy who, um, started Riley and I would sit by him and, uh, and I would just sit by him and, and talk. So I, I, there's probably several times people thought I was nuts. (laughs) It was one of those moments where when you go through the halls of Riley and you walk through the halls of Riley, you start seeing people differently Yeah, because you start seeing people as they're there for a child and every person, every adult you see is there for a child and it, that was a hard that was a hard thing to reconcile i remember sitting in the rooms and and there was just one family that i really grew close to and and they i tell you i've, ne- I've never experienced somebody this faithful and this loving and caring and they were there had they had their son had ended up on life support and he ended up – he was on life support because he choked on food, and he couldn't speak anyway. Uh, he had a mental disability, and he couldn't speak, so he grunted a lot. So they just thought he was trying to get something. Oh. Yeah, and you can imagine where this went. But that family, they, they actually stayed another night because they, they were getting ready to take him off a of life support. And, and they were all prepared for that moment, and they got a call of about probably an hour before they were going to do it and they were wanting to see if they could you know use his organs for other people and to do that they had to wait another night and so i spent a lot of time with that family um and there were several families like that that i spent a lot of time with and i remember sitting in the room there was this little side room and i sat there and waited on them to um wheel him away and that family and i remember i prayed while she was being taken away. And, and the, and the mom looked up at me and told me, thank you. I'd never seen him again, but and all I could think is like, man, thank me. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I'm not even anything, you know, Right. you're doing all this amazing stuff and you don't even realize it, you know? Right. And while I was in the hospital, it was weird because I always felt somebody else was worse off. And the reality of it is, is we were pretty bad off, you know, and to get back to your story, as far as Christian was concerned that the medical side of this there was no cure they they told us and they they were not they you know they always wanted us to keep hope but the reality of it is there was no cure for this and they they knew that you know to them medically he was going to die and we decided that you know we can either live these moments and, in sorrow, yeah, or we can make these moments the best moments we've ever had in our entire lives. Absolutely. And we chose to make these moments the best we've ever had.
0: And that was the absolute best choice that you guys could have ever made. Not just, of course, for Christian or you and your wife, but because you guys have other children. And so you're facing a whole nother dynamic there. Because you're dealing with this and you're processing this, but you have to figure out a way to let them know what's happening and help them through their processing. At the same time, you're wanting to spend every second with Christian and get every drop out of life that you can get while also building those memories for his siblings, so that they are able to carry with them for the rest of their lives who their brother was, who their brother is, and have a sense of Christian for themselves. So there's a lot going into this, and and I'm interested in how you processed this with your other children. But before we get there... What was your conversations with Christian like about all of this? What was he aware of? What was he not aware of? Did you guys keep him in the know? I mean, what goes on there? That's, I think, something that uh, would be of benefit to people if, God forbid, they should ever have to go through something like this. Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes, <laughs> and there's actually a funny story, a little bit funny. Um, so Christian, uh, we we actually were talking to the because you get a lot of help in Riley, and I talked to some of the um, uh, counselors there, yeah. and I said, "Look, I, I, how do I how do I approach this? How do I talk to him about what's going on?" And um, you know, we never hid anything from him. In fact, he he sat during all the conversations with the doctors, uh, never hid anything. Good, okay. And one of the one of the moments that I remember that was it was funny but it's not but I remember him going down to the gift shop and we were able to wheel him down and and he was able to talk now and and this was you know he was starting to get a little bit things and I and I got him a book there's this book in there that they had recommended and it was basically a uh, a book to explain cancer to a child right (laughs) and he's holding this book and and he goes down the aisle and um, he's talking to this lady You know, because she's like, oh, how are you doing? You know, typical nice, you know, nice woman. coming, And he goes, oh, I just found out I have cancer. And he was like, like (laughs) typical (laughs) Christian smiling. (laughs) And this poor lady, (laughs) this poor lady had no idea how to even respond to this, you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i definitely understand that's a, yeah. that's i mean that's funny <laughs> yes, because it's funny. That's a it very is. really str- i mean you know yeah. kind of a surreal situation and and of yeah. course she didn't know how to respond to that oh yeah that's uh it, that's pretty yeah
2: funny. and and so he so but that that was christian and that's i guess that's the point yeah absolutely is he never really Cared that it was cancer. He knew what right. cancer was yeah. to a degree, as much as a child could know. Right. Um, and he knew that he would go somewhere. And his so when I was in the hospital, I actually started singing "Good Good Father" to him. Yes. And uh, and it it comforted me, but it was comforting to him too. And I'd never really done that before. And I'm not a great singer, you know. It's nothing special, <laughs> but. Yeah. I, you know, but I sang "Good Good Father" to him on several occasions, and and uh, it became his favorite song, and it was so crazy. Um, he just loved it, and he loved God. He loved Jesus, and he loved God, and it was just that was the way it was. And to him, he just like us believed what we said, and so for him to process cancer was. It wasn't really a bad thing. Yes. Like, he was going to go to heaven. Okay. And he knew that that's what was going to happen. Right. And whether he died or whether he – you know, whether it was a miracle and he got cured, it was okay. A lot of his time was spent comforting my wife. Um, uh. There was several times where he would – she would be – tore up it's not that she didn't believe but you know it's lost for us sure yeah right and and he would just he'd look at her and he'd say it's okay you know it's gonna be okay and and you know he was was just a man he was a special kid he was just an amazing little kid
0: and what about your other children how they processed all this what you guys talked to them about and how they interacted with christian
2: yeah I, i we told them uh they They understood that he had cancer. they understood that you know he may die, but to a kid i don 't think they quite understood what that meant sure um to them, death was like a video game, yep, you know you get another life, right you yep. know, yep. <laughs> you know it's yep. like your, extra life but, but so they were still so young that i don 't think they really processed it until that moment where we came home, and that was you know that was the moment where everything but we we'll, we can get to that here in a second but Um, but yeah, they, they didn't really process everything the same way and, 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 but they did handle it fine.
0: Okay. Good, good. That's all right. That's, uh, that's good.
2: And I do have a recommendation for anybody that's going through trouble at the hospital. And if you have other children, assign one person to take care of figuring out who will take care of the children. And that's one of the things we did. My sister was fantastic. Okay. Uh, our first week or two there, we were trying to manage all that, like, who, you know, is my mom going to pick up the kids from school? Is this going to, you know, don't do it. Just assign a person. Say, could you please make sure that all these other people will take care of our children? And that's what we did, and and it, it was the best relief from us. So you
0: assign one person to do the assigning is kind of what you're saying. So other people might be pitching in, but it's, you guys aren't worrying about that. It's your, you're, you go to your sister and she then contacts mom and dad and aunt and cousin. And okay. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And that's, that's definitely. Something yeah. that people probably don't think of. That so that was able to relieve you guys oh. from having to worry about that
2: for a week and a half. I tried to do it myself, and <laughs> holy smokes, you just—I mean, I—it was so difficult. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so hard.
0: I, I can imagine that. That's that's yeah. something that's a a yeah. insider tip that people probably <laughs> yes, wouldn't think about. Yes,
2: exactly. Uh, yeah, I kind of got off track there, but yeah, that's just one of those things that yeah. No, no. Uh, I wanted to make sure you're
0: you're fine. You're fine. So let let me ask you this then. So, you guys are are, are home and 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 living, you know, your life, and you guys are doing mm-hmm. updates. And I'm sure that, you know there's ups and downs, um, you know that, that you have, and and doctors' appointments, and and uh, you know you're making you know you're making posts, and you're starting to reach yeah. more people. People are starting to um, yeah. pay a little bit more attention to what's going on. Um did you got did you start your the church speaking before Christian past?
2: I did. Or or after? Okay, so tell I, tell I me did. tell
0: me a little bit about that.
2: So it the the initial thing is I really wanted to share with churches kind of what I learned so far. And uh the 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 original original speaking engagement was called Even if and so you oh, can wow. imagine what even if is sure um and it was even if he he goes yeah i'm going to still serve god i'm still going to love god and and it was it was almost <laughs> it was almost cuz it was near the end when i started speaking it was near the the last few months and you know when i started speaking there it was more for i just wanted to basically help people understand that just in case it was, it was a preparation almost because we had, we had 10,000 people following that story Yeah, and they were from all over. And that even if message was meant for, you know, if God doesn't answer this prayer, like you guys want to happen and like we want to happen, I want you to understand that even if that happens, that God is still God. And that was my that was that was the big moment. I just wanted to share how big God truly was. That even if He didn't do it how we wanted, it did not mean that He didn't exist. And and that was that was my that's what I wanted to share. And so I did.
0: That's really amazing. And that's one of the things that I just love about this is the amount of people that this has brought together. The amount of people that could possibly have come to know God because of all of this is amazing. And that's all because of the strength of your brave little boy and the strength of you and your wife and your other children. And it's just a beautiful thing to see the community that has sprung up out of this event that is really a sad and and somber event, but it's brought so much joy and love into the world, and it's really strengthened faith, and that's amazing, and it's, it's really amazing to see how God works. And the phrase that you guys have used, Onward Christian Soldiers, that's the name of this episode, and that was just a no-brainer, but I love that you guys titled your post that way, and that that's a hashtag now. That just is, is really interesting how everything comes together like that. If you would, talk a second about the community that has sprung up out of this
2: we've been given a lot of love sure. and grace through this period a lot our community stepped up our it was amazing to see the support our family got yeah and you know that's those are moments that you know god is at work there was you know there was a moment when somebody in new york city who heard this story And he was the son of a famous painter. And uh, if you were in the 70s, grew up in the 70s and had a black light, you probably had his paintings up on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) But he was a a son of this person who who heard our story and gave us $10,000. Wow. In New York City, who doesn't know us. Right. I, that is the the reach and the impact of this story and how it's been i mean uh, you know the local the local shops the local places uh the, the local coffee shop that we have here recently started christian's coffee basically just really to, to help support his fund
0: that's such an amazing amazing situation i just I, I don't know what else to say but that's truly inspirational to see how everyone came together around this situation Folks, I need to tell you about the sponsor of today's Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury. Have you ever smelled or, worse yet, drank a horrible cup of coffee? I know Brad has, being in and around the hospital for 60-some days. Yeah. Well, the folks at Fruit of the Bean Coffee Company... Want to make that a thing of the past? If you go on over to fruitofthebean.com, you'll find everything that you need in order to make yourself the freshest cup of coffee that you can imagine. The folks at Fruit of the Bean offer whole bean and ground coffee. Look, they understand not everybody has a coffee grinder at home. But to help accomplish peak freshness, they do not roast your coffee until you order it. How's that for fresh? They have single-origin coffees from South and Central Americas, from Africa, Asia, and more. They also have a supercharged breakfast blend, as well as flavored coffees. And not only... Are they concerned about how wonderful your cup of coffee is? Oh, no. They're also concerned about the situation with orphans in the world and human trafficking. And I can tell you, folks, that is a problem in today's society. And they like to help give back to the folks that are helping with orphans as well as helping with human trafficking. So go on over to fruitofthebean.com and check these people out. Their coffee is not roasted until after it's ordered. They love helping give back to orphans and those affected by human trafficking. And if you go on over there today and use the promotion code PERCEPTION during checkout, you will receive a 25% discount. Check them out. That's Fruit of the Bean Coffee Company at fruitofthebean.com. Again, that's fruitofthebean.com. You know, we were talking before the quick break about how there were people stepping up to help with different funds, and we're going to talk about a fund that you guys have going with Riley here in just a little bit. But beyond that and beyond the emotional and the physical tolls that this type of situation takes and beyond the mental situation that this puts all involved in, There's also a fiscal situation that can easily occur during situations like this because, of course, the first thought is, well, I'm going to be at the hospital and doing everything I can for this person or myself or my loved one or my child and... At the same time, you still have a home and the mortgage still needs to be paid and you still have to keep the lights on and you need to keep the heat on and running water and you need to eat and the kids need to eat. And this is certainly not a pleasant conversation to have, but listen to what we're talking about. None of it's pleasant, but this is just being realistic. So if you could talk a little bit about that.
2: You have to realize that we were off work for months. Oh, absolutely. I had a new business, fairly new. It was about two years in, trying to start a business, and I'm, I'm in the hospital trying to help my customers Right. Know, in a mindset that wasn't easy to do. Sure. Um,
0: well, and I want to stop you there for just yeah, one second, and yeah. I'm not going to get too far in the weeds on this and definitely not yeah. going to give any credence yeah. to craziness. But there was a really off-color comment that was made. And we're not going to get any further into it than that. But I just want to let you know and let everybody else listening know that you have done everything right. When people donate to a situation like this, they donate because they want to. They donate because they can. And we need to understand that. They donate People donate because they're compelled to. And those donations are for the person that the money's going to to help out in their time of need. And that means... If you spend the money on medical bills, if you spend the money on medicine, if you spend the money taking Christian to eat, if you spend the money taking him to Disney World or to Hawaii, if you spend the money on taking the other kids to eat, if you spend the money on paying house bills, if you spend the money on taking your wife out to spend a weekend while someone else watches the kids because you haven't been alone with your wife in two years, that's all part of it as far as I'm concerned if you and your family would have wanted to just for the heck of it thrown money into a barrel and burn it in the backyard I'm perfectly okay with that and it's not my place or anyone else's to say what you do with that money and everyone thinks that what you have done in this situation has been absolutely perfect. And I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart that we all have no question about anything that you've ever done.
2: <laughs> I had, well, I had a, actually had a hard time accepting money. From sure. People. Right. Um, I'm an Indiana boy. I take care of yes. myself. That's just what you do. Right. Yep. Um, and And I did. But I had one person come up to me and say, don't you dare take away my blessing from me. Uh, and I was like I was like, you know what that that makes perfect sense. Yep Because if I'm sitting here telling you not to do this.
1: Yep,
2: it's a blessing for you to give sure You have the the money or the funds to do it and, yep. and let you do it Yeah Um, and so and most people most people honestly nobody really cared about yeah. what spent the money on No, in fact people encourage different ways They told me to go out to eat with it. And yeah, I always did. if they had something they wanted us to do with it I always honored that sure. Um, That there was a a, a large sum of money given from a local business here in town or a local person. I don't know who it was because it was anonymous, but it was given near Christian's last days to make something, to do something fun with Christian. Yeah. And and I tell you, that was a moment when we were telling, you know, we're looking at Christian going, well, what do you want to do? And we we had just went to Hawaii with Make-A-Wish. Yeah. And so he wanted to go because of Moana and so like he, he was moana was his favorite show and all this stuff right so yeah he wanted to see where moana was from because it looked beautiful and i get it you know <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and we had an amazing time it was beautiful awesome i actually even knew people in hawaii that i didn't even realize i knew wow um, just that we're following the story and they yeah. they helped us while we were there um just so much beautiful beautiful um stuff from that has has happened but um when we got you know when we got that money and he and I said look somebody gave us money to go do something we wanted we wanted to just go do something with you special what is it you want to do I said, let's just keep it the mainland because i don't want you know <laughs> that you know going to hawaii it was fun but i tell you the minute he had a headache everything changed
1: yeah like right.
2: it was no more it was no fun anymore because right. now you're thinking holy cow i can't get family here i can't yeah. get help here right. i i'm stuck yeah. you know and so I said just let's keep it in the mainland and he went, <laughs> And I'm telling him all these different places like you know go to the Grand Canyon go to the Disney World what, whatever you want to do right Right And uh he just looked at me he's like I just wish I could I wish we could bring Hawaii home <laughs> So I did that I tried you know I so said we got a list together and the kids all the first thing on the list was a giant pool that was what they said the giant pool yep (laughs) so we got a giant pool in the backyard and they said palm trees and flowers and and all these different things and and i'm trying to create that and i'm still actually trying to create that in the backyard um you know trying to create hawaii for him it's Uh, amazing
1: what you guys have done
2: it's just it's we have a volcano you know um the only volcano, I, I have to say, it's the only active volcano in, in Indiana. It has to be. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, <laughs> yes. And it's, I, I have watched i have watched that. And, and yeah. I do want to say, because most people might not know where to find those pictures, but if you search for hashtag courage for christian and it's the number four, you can go on and find all of this information, find the postings, and, and you still yep. post. But what I want people to do is be able to go and see if they haven't the <laughs> volcano that you guys have made because what you've done is is really amazing. And that's a good thing because you did it for, uh, for yeah. Christian, with Christian, with your other children, and that's yeah. something that they can kind of associate with that as they move yeah. on forward. And so that's really that that's, I, was a great way to spend that money.
2: Yeah, no, it, it really truly was, and and and, and the pool. I mean, every time we get in that pool, it's going to be a reminder. Yeah. Every time we walk in our backyard. Yeah. And there's and there's so many just beautiful people who have done some amazing things. You know, you've yeah. got different businesses here in town that uh, one is is putting in the hardscape for us. And you know, when I walk out my back door to go to the backyard, I'm going to see a flash symbol in my hardscape. Yeah. I mean, it's just so much beautiful things and the flash was always his favorite superhero so he was always called he called himself the flash he right. ran like the flash the kid was fast right you know it's it just there's just so many beautiful people and and even even the volcano i wasn't sure how to do the volcano and i got help you know they there was a, a gentleman that a friend of mine from school who built the volcano for me and then i put all the internal stuff to make it smoke and to make it do all kinds of crazy stuff yeah and make noise and and things like that and and so, and that's what we did with the kids. The kids absolutely loved it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it's just, you know, it, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's now it's more the, the post. I mean, we're up to 885, I think, um, days of posting. Yeah. Um, I've not stopped. I mean, it's, right. it's not been, I've not missed a day. It's just been, that's how many days it's been. And you know, I, and, and the, it's, one, one post a day uh, when he was in the hospital, I'd do two, but it was always – I would keep it like a.m. or p.m., you know. And now that so many people look at our post, I always post in, at night so people don't know if we're at home. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't want to post in the morning and say, hey, we're going to be gone for Right, <laughs> days, right. Like yes, hours, yes. You
0: know? <laughs> Absolutely. Someone come yeah. enjoy your pool yes, while you're gone. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on. As time does, it continues marching right along, and unfortunately, we come to July 26th, 2019. And on that date, unfortunately, Christian lost his battle with cancer. Now, I have to say on a personal note, I will always... Think of Christian because the 26th of July is my birthday.
2: Um, we stole your birthday. That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'll tell you. I, 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 I'm I, definitely honored to share it with, with Christian ah, and with you guys. Yeah. So that's, that's uh, something I will always uh, keep in my mind. And so I want to ask you how you guys have progressed since July 26th, 2019. We can talk about that day and the days and weeks afterwards. But I just want to talk to you a little bit about that because everybody understands grief. Everybody mm-hmm. has an understanding. Nobody, unless you have lost a child, nobody can understand where you're at. And and I would say that, you know, there's still differing uh, degrees of that, losing a child. Mm-hmm. You know, like my grandparents, you know, m- m- my uncle and my father both passed away in their 50s. Yep. uh and my grandparents are in their seventies at that point and you know that's that's different than than your situation so there's you know every and everybody grieves differently. Tell me how you guys are progressing from july twenty sixth forward
2: yeah so um Let's let's start with July twenty sixth. Okay. And uh I, I'm gonna share something that I don't really share with people. And the reason I didn't share it, I don't share it on my Facebook post. And so I have to be careful sure. sometimes what I put on there because there's kids reading it. There's actually Absolutely. kids that read that every single night before sure. they go to bed. Yep. And so it his friends, you know what I mean, and things yeah. like that. And you know. So one of the things that was probably the hardest, I had never really experienced that. Okay. Except for, you know, I, I experienced like grandma dying and, and things like that. There was, there was death there, but I never saw it. My first experience with death was, with my son.
0: Jeez. Wow.
2: Yeah. And, and, and I remember I got woke up cause I, I, I had been up for a while. I, I you know, it was a day and a half or I don't even know, uh, man had been up for a while and so we started taking turns sleeping because it was getting near time. Yeah, and she woke me up, and I, I heard it's time, sure. and um, and so <laughs> it's gonna be tough. Um, I heard uh, you know it's time, and and so one of the things that I truly wanted to do, and I know it, it, some people may think this is just you know, but it was important to me, and uh, I wanted to sing good good father to him one last time. Yeah. As a family. Sure. And, um, almost sing him into heaven. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And, uh, I remember Amanda's brother, he quickly realized that it is time as he, you know, and, and hey, we, you know, let's start singing, you know, because it's, it's that close. Yeah. And so we did. And we stood up and we sung. Uh, Amanda laid with him. And, uh, I, I, held her hand and his hand and um and we sung good good father and i will tell you death is messy
1: Yeah,
2: and uh it's it's not easy to see but when we finished good good father and i'm not a big fan of coincidences and i'm not a big fan of it you know but i know that god gave us those extra few moments and we finished good good father when the beat stopped his heart stopped and it made this horrible horrible experience beautiful so we did we accomplished what we were trying to do and that's sing him into heaven and and i feel like we did that and um those visions of christians passing Mm -hmm. when you would close your eyes at night that's all i could see so for a week or two, I I didn't sleep much. Right. And it wasn't that it was, there was a lot of missing him and things like that. But for me, it was those last moments. And um, yeah, it was just really difficult. Now, oh, sorry. I no, got you're a fine. Choked up there. You,
0: you take you take all the time uh, you need.
2: Moving forward, though. Um, we our kids, I remember coming home and the kids and having to tell them there's pictures of that. Um, you know, I we had somebody with us that was a a, a college student and she actually stayed with us through that through this time and took many pictures uh documenting our lives. Yeah. And uh that was a blessing in itself too, because I have a lot of those pictures. But um she became our fourth, fifth fifth kid. Right. Um, <laughs> she still comes to visit. It's still you know she's still a child basically. She's still our kid. Sure. Um, but there was a moment when we were we came home, and I had to tell my kids that you know Christian didn't come home with us. Right. And that you know you think when 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 I had Christian in my arms from that very beginning. And he went limp. One of the hardest times of my life, probably the second hardest time of my life was to see my children and not be able to, um, not be able to help them. Yep. And, um, we just had to be real and we had to tell them that this is what happened. Yeah. And wow. Uh, you know, that, that was insanely difficult. Um, Moving forward, <laughs> let's get past that.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs>
2: um, everything is good. Um, it truly is, and we are at peace with it. It's, you know It took a couple weeks. Sure. Um, we went to counseling, and, and uh, you know, we did all you – know, and some of the kids, we, we allow them to, to talk to whoever they want, whoever they need to. We encourage them to go if they want counseling. We go to counseling. Um, our family is so close now um we are we are a very close family yeah and you know it's 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 funny because my wife uh what my wife said sometime she's like she was never a jealous person but i can tell you that she she doesn't get jealous at all anymore and she's like you know there's nobody that knows what we went through and and there's nobody going to pull you away from me because you know <laughs> right. it is true
3: yeah i
2: mean yeah. there's you know i i couldn't go through life with anybody else and, yes I couldn't imagine going through life with anybody else. Sure. Yeah. And so we are just at peace with everything. And, and it truly is. We know that someday this is not the end and it's just merely the beginning. Absolutely. Our lives completely changed. Um, my children's lives changed. Um, my, you know, my daughter, she, you know, we always didn't have a great relationship, but I can tell you after Christian, we have been close yeah. and we have moments where i can sit down and actually talk to her you know about her worth about you know what she should expect out of a man you know right. things, things that you wouldn't that a teenager wouldn't want to listen to sure you know but she does she sits and listens and she takes the advice she may not always do the advice but she does <laughs> listen you know right <laughs> Uh, that's a normal teenager. Right, there. She's still a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, but our our family is just so tight, and and, and we're still – and I will say this, that what we learn from all of this is life is short, and you have to enjoy every single moment. Yeah. And what those posts do for me… And I encourage fathers to do this. Uh, maybe parent parents of any kind, but I, I, fathers because I can relate. But I encourage you to write down a couple sentences every night about your kids. Yeah, funny stuff they did. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just and you will be surprised at how close that alone will bring you to your children because sure. you have to. My post every night, like I'll, I'll, we we'll, we start getting into a groove of doing the same thing, and then be going home and just kind of sitting on the couch and playing video games, whatever it is I'm doing. And I look at the time, like, holy cow, we haven't done anything today. Yeah, and I got a post tonight, right? <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? I got to put, I got to have, you know, got to have a post out. You right. know, everybody's expecting it. Right. <laughs> right. And it can't be just oh, we did the, you know. But so we go out and we try to force ourselves to go do things, and what that does is. It makes our lives better. Yeah, and God knew that. <laughs> yeah, and it just—he—he he just had to get me to do it, and it took—it took Christian, you know, it took this this stuff here to really bring me close to God. Yeah, closer than I've ever been, and and close to my family, uh, which wasn't always the case. I was not that I was a terrible father, but I certainly was just a a normal father. Right come home from work tired go to lay down on the couch take a nap eat dinner send the kids to bed yeah, right right <laughs> yeah. right it's not like that anymore you know
0: that's really good that's you know it's amazing how we can be shown a different way by sometimes the smallest or the biggest incidents and it's what you do with the cards that you're given, I guess. And to know how you guys have played the hand that you've been dealt in this situation, it's just so inspiring. And it's great to see you guys doing such a wonderful thing with this tragic situation. And it brings honor to you and your wife and your kids... But most importantly, it brings honor to Christian. And it's just so amazing to see and and be a part of even from the outside looking in. It's It's just absolutely wonderful.
2: God allowed us to be a part of something this big.
0: And that's the thing, because you don't know who you're affecting. You don't know how you're affecting people. You don't know what kind of positive change this might be making. I mean, you might very possibly have been responsible, or Christian might be responsible for somebody's salvation, for somebody turning to Christ, for somebody's newly planted faith. And that's that's what's really big about all of this.
2: Believe me, I am not a judgmental person. So, sure. just you know, I am not at all. But we had atheists doing calls to prayer for their family. They would call. It was so great. It was so. It was so fantastic because we had atheists going. I don't pray, but I'm going to ask my mom and my grandmother to pray for me. Right. You. I, like you know what I mean? It's like wow. Right. And, and you would have, and you would have. Uh, we had people from uh, Afghanistan. Um, there was uh, two Muslims, and I, I still talk to them to this day. Wow, praying for Christian. Yeah, yeah. I even had them. Call, I even had them call me one uh, call me one day, and they said, "We know that um, you know you celebrate Christmas, so we just wanted to make sure that you knew, you know, have a happy, have a merry Christmas." Wow. And you, you know, I broke. We broke. Let me rephrase that. God broke yeah. boundaries. Yeah. That I would have never expected.
0: That's right. That's correct. Because you know. It's like it's like that analogy of the pebble in the pond. It just continues going out and out and out and it's truly a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah, it's so encouraging to get a message and we get several of them. Uh, but I get messages daily. Um it's probably weekly now, but uh, you know, during that time where they're like, We're gonna start going to church, we're gonna start to it's just it's just such you know, I, I just be thanking God all the time like Thank you for letting me be a part of this. Yeah, yeah, because absolutely. Because this is amazing. As, as I hate the fact that I, my son is in, in this, and he didn't go through any pain. Got in the hospital, had brain surgery all the way down to the stem. got out, got out of surgery, and we played video games after <laughs> he was done, and, and he refused the pain medicine. He said, no, I'm good. And, and he, he would take an <laughs> ibuprofen. Like, really? I looked at my wife, I'm like, look, if I'm ever that way… And I say I refuse the payment, you you put it in my applesauce. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. <'Cause I'm>, I, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it was just amazing to see how God we even walked through the halls of Riley one time and uh, with with Christian and I remember the neurologist, the one that she come up and she's apologizing so much. And she goes, I looked over his papers and she says, I never say this, never. She said, but I have no explanation the fact that he's doing this well other than it was a miracle. Yeah. And 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 you those are just moments that you just will I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Those were God moments that uh, our family you know, we don't need proof. We know. Right. We know God's there.
0: Absolutely. Well, and you know, you hear that a lot. We understand it's in God's hands and we we will take what what comes and we don't need to pray for all this to go away to believe in God because God's will be done and we understand that it is what it is but when you hear scientists medical professionals who are generally cold and hard and scientific and, and a lot of times you might even find people who might not necessarily be believers who say, look, we don't have an explanation for why this kid's not in pain. We don't have an explanation for where this cancer went or for this or that. You know, it's good to see that. And so while ultimately Christian did not defeat his cancer, but nonetheless, what Christian has done and will continue to do in the lives of many, many people is outstanding and it's all because of his life and his journey a journey that you and your wife and your other children were all on with him and you should all be so very proud and the things that you and your wife have done in documenting this and putting yourself out there which is painful and hard you guys are to be commended for that as well well, Brad, we're just about out of time, but I wanna say from my heart to you, to your wife, to your children, and to Christian, I, I absolutely am praying for you guys. I I have love in my heart for you guys and and I'm really thinking thinking about you guys and, and thinking about your children. And I want to say how amazing you guys are, and I want you to keep up the good work. And I want to let you know that you are always welcome here on this show. You are always welcome anytime you have anything to say, anything that you're ever doing a part of, anything for Christian, any little fundraisers, or anything that you could possibly ever need from me just reach out. All you got to do is call, text, or email, and I will do whatever I possibly can for you, your wife, or your children. And I want to say to you, God bless, brother, and uh, keep on keeping on. Is there anything that you would like to say before we wrap up?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that to the cure fund. So, I, what my goal is is to reach 100,000 that was raised that was put by Riley okay. Foundation okay and uh, it's it goes directly to the foundation um, you can actually look that up by looking up flash i think you just google flash the cure fund you'll okay. go to Riley donate page okay um, and that if you, if anybody could donate to that and here's what i'm trying to do his tumor is one of the his tumor was the very first brain tumor they were able to grow and reproduce in laboratory mice at riley foundation really it's a huge breakthrough for them and so his money actually helps thousands of people and and it helps a lot of i mean it helps so many children because now they get to see in a 3d model how the medications actually reach that brain and that tumor wow it's a huge deal. Well,
0: I've just looked this up and so people know yeah. if you simply Google Christians flash to a cure fund or yep. type in Christians flash to a cure Riley Children's Foundation, yep. it pulls it up. And so folks will know the goal is set here at a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Uh what, 20, eighteen maybe? percent cur- 18. currently there's eighteen thousand yeah. two twenty nine as raised. So if you're listening to this please go type that in and uh what what you are inclined to give please give i think this is definitely an amazing yeah. amazing um, cause and uh it's it's you know one day I, we will have a cure yeah. i believe yep uh you know but uh until then we need to do everything that we can to get there all right, ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking with Mr. Brad Darty about his son, Christian Darty, eight-year-old who passed away from a long and ferocious battle with cancer. Christian was born on February 10th, 2011 and lost his battle with cancer on Friday, July 26th, 2019. Mr. Brad Doherty I want to thank you for taking your time to speak with us. God bless. You'll be in my thoughts and prayers, as will be your family. And uh, you're welcome back here anytime.
2: Well, thank you so much, and uh, yeah, we we really truly appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. All right, folks, we've uh, ran a little long today talking with Mr. Darty, but I told him that he had as much time as he so chose. We will be back next episode, 85, talking in the political realm. So for those of you that are looking for that, you know, it's it's never, never far, far away. I do want to say for anyone interested in donating to the Riley Children's Foundation... I would ask that you do so under Christian's name. You can do so simply by searching Riley Children's Foundation Christians Flash to a Cure. I googled it by simply typing in Flash for a Cure or Flash to a Cure, you can find it both ways. And do that. That's a truly great cause. I'm going to ask that you share this episode with everyone that you know, because you never know when this might be able to help somebody. Please, please continue to stay active, stay involved, and be a good member of your community. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to this 84th episode of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. God bless.
4: searching for answers. Far and wide, but I know it. Searching for answers only. You provide cause you know I'm